Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are pretty cool, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? So, Jonah, I have a story today that kind of involves our guest. Do you remember back in 2013 when you came to the MTV VMAs, that's short for Video Music Awards, and I was there introducing Miley Cyrus? I do remember. That was my only time at the VMAs, but we watched the VMAs a lot growing up. They were a very big deal. And yeah, I remember you performed. I think we sat together. I was like not really up on pop music and pop culture. So I was like, oh, there's these guys three seats down from me in these weird masks. I was sitting in the same row as Daft Punk the whole night. Didn't really know who they were. They were like walking through the aisles of where the seats were. And I was like, that's so funny that MTV hired these guys 
guys to like dress up as robots, but they were just punk. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we should have known that. It was like Niles Rogers. I think Richard Simmons was there. It was all of these really recognizable celebrities. And I felt like I was just very out of place and that it probably I should have recognized a lot more people. Just to be clear, I think you were having a blast. I think you were sitting with my friend Julie. I think Julie came. We were all sitting kind of near Lady Gaga too. Remember like she was sitting right in the front and she was kind of dressed like a mermaid. I don't remember. I kind of vaguely remember. I mean, I remember Justin Timberlake performing. I remember you introducing Miley Cyrus. I remember like Jared Leto was or like I remember all these people kind of being around. But I also just remember being super long. Yeah. And I remember, you know, that before the VMAs, I was at our guest wedding at the Bell House. And so I went from this wedding, which was very nice to the VMAs. And it was like a really cool excuse to have be like, I got to cut out early. I got to hit up the VMAs. You know how it is. Yeah. So that was cool. And then I took my first ever Uber from the VMAs to the after party for the wedding. Yes. And I remember from my point of view, I was like so excited that you were like coming, even though you had to like leave our guest today's wedding to come to the VMAs. And then I was backstage. They had to pull me out to get ready because I had to like attend as myself and sit in the audience as myself. But then I had to like dress as Miley to like introduce Miley And I remember going backstage and I ran into TLC. They were like backstage and I was so excited, but like they like didn't care about me at all. They were were just like trying to get through, you know, they were like coming out of an elevator or something. And I was like, what the hell? And then when they took me backstage to introduce her, they like kind of told me what to do, but they kind of like didn't know what to tell me. And I was like, okay. And I was introducing her with Shailene Woodley. I was just like, okay, cool. And Shailene Woodley was really nice, but it was just like Shailene Woodley looked normal and cute. And I was like in this big Miley costume. I'm just two times the size of Miley too, which never seemed to be like an issue on SNL when I would play her. But I just felt like I was in this huge costume kind of too. So I kind of like looked insane. And then when it was time to introduce Miley, it was like so untogether. Like I kind of had to like figure out where to go. It was so, and I guess that's the thing someone said to me is award shows in general are like very untogether because there's just like so many elements. It's just impossible to like make them be orderly. But anyways, it just was very like all over the place. And then Miley gave her performance that everyone talked about for years where she like had the big teddy bear and she was I think with Robin Thicke Alan Thicke's son I know him as uh, Alan Thicke's son but not everyone does growing Growing pains pains. growing pains right and so sorry I should call him Robin Thicke I think you could call him Alan Thicke's son I think that's fine that actually gives him a little bit more respect yeah I think so (laughs) but anyways so that was that and then I remember leaving with you and you getting in your first ever Uber to go to the after party for our guest today's wedding yep got in an Uber didn't really understand how it worked they were doing like a promo in New York 2013 I tipped the guy cash I don't know I didn't understand yeah and that brings us all to our guest today so yeah you're getting the kind of behind the scenes view at an award show from you know eight years ago (laughs) now I'm going to introduce our guest whose wedding I went to our guest if you haven't guessed yet is a singer whose latest release is Dangerous to Go Alone, a collection of songs inspired by your favorite gaming pursuits. She's also a songwriter who's collaborated with Pitbull. Was Pitbull at that show? It seems like that would be kind of his kind of... Pitbull gotta have been there. there. Yeah, he had to have been there. Panic at the Disco, Ingrid Michaelson and more. She's also in the surf pop quartet LAX's and hosts not one but two popular podcasts, Buffering the Vampire Slayer with Kristen Russo and Veronica Mars Investigation with Helen Zaltzman. I also recently had a latte with her in Maine. Woo! Please welcome Jenny Owen Youngs. Oh, <laughs> Hello, and thanks so much for having me. And I would put, you know, Latte with Jonah recently actually at the top. Oh my gosh, it was so great. Of accomplishments. I also just want to let you know that the Pitbull song that I uh, co-wrote features Alan Thicke's son, Robin (laughs) Thicke. Just to 
close up the circle a little bit more. Uh. <laughs> and Jonah, in my memory, when you came to the after party from the VMAs, you came with green room alcohol. You probably weren't wearing cargo pants, but in my memory, <laughs> you have cargo pockets stuffed with like Bud Light tall boys, which may or may not be accurate. We were in some green room after the award show was over and there was like a woman who worked for the Barclays Center and she was sort of like, this is in my mind, she was like encouraging us to like take stuff. Yeah. This also could, could have just been me being cheap. But yeah, I took some Bud Lights and I remember taking this Uber and then it was at like a bar and I just like cracked open one of my own beers. <laughs> and I remember I was with Justin Pierre and, you know, him being like, oh, so you brought your own beer to this part. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> That's so funny. There's no way I didn't do the same thing because, you know, I love free stuff. So I'm sure I yeah, probably just it. took like... Yeah. And the markup on these beers, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> I probably uh, didn't but, take uh, beer. I probably took like whatever, like cheeses and nuts were there. <laughs> I'm sure we took literally everything out of that green <laughs> yes, room. They probably were like, me. oh, we made that offer. We kind of didn't think they'd take us up on it. And I'm sure Jenny was like, oh, this classy guest is showing up here. <laughs> brought his own um, liquor. This isn't quite like a BYO B type situation, but you know, everyone was, was nice about it. it. Worked out fine. I mean, that just sounds like great preparation to me. I mean, what if the bar was out of beer? True. You would be the genius in the room. Right. Yeah. Always good to be prepared. So that was an exciting night. And I can't believe that was 2013. I know. That was seems nuts. So long ago. And yeah, so me and Jenny just recently hung out in Maine and it was so great, senior Jenny. It was such a treat, you know, to meet. Jess and for you to meet my wife. And it was so nice. Thanks for so thoughtfully planning a vacation that I was directly on the route towards and <laughs> coming back from. No, of course. That was very cool of you. So here's my question. Being in Maine, you know, after we met up with you, we got lobster rolls. They're great. But I'm wondering like if I lived in Maine, if lobster rolls are a thing I would actually eat regularly or if it's just more a thing you do when people come to visit. Or I'm curious, like what's the lobster roll vibe like for like a local? For me, it's definitely a when people come through town. I mean, the real problem with lobster rolls is that they're like 30 or 40 dollars. <laughs> like, They're not cheap. It's totally wild for something made out of what used to be prison food, essentially. Like what was once uh, so devalued that it was, you know, sort of used almost exclusively in that capacity to now be something that costs 30 or $40 for a hot dog sized situation. Yeah, they're not big. Have you ever been in a situation where there were free lobster rolls and you were going somewhere else and you jammed a bunch in your pocket <laughs> and then <laughs> just in case I didn't have food there? No, but I did. <laughs> for some reason, look, sometimes things happen and you end up at South by Southwest this year, even though you're 40 and you're like, why? Uh <laughs> And I was traveling with somebody who really knows how to live and like get the most out of it. I'm very like shy and I don't, you know, I feel bad even taking free things. But this guy, he was like, oh, there's free coconut water at this little party. And it was like harmless harvest. It was like nice. the expensive stuff. Oh, yeah. He went to the bar and ordered two. And I was like, oh, that is so thoughtful. And then he just put both of them in his pockets. And I was like, oh, so this is not quite what I thought it was. But that empowered me to go also get two free coconut waters by Harmless Harvest and leave. So maybe not as baller as like a lobster roll, but also a lot more contained and like safe yes. to pocket. 
Yeah. Probably? Yeah. Easier to transport, probably, yeah. Along Jonah's question, I was only in Maine, I think, once, and there were, like, a lot of, like, cute little restaurants that had, like, sure, lobster rolls were an option, but also you could get, like, other seafoody things, like maybe a clam chowder or, like, a mm-hmm. thing like that. When you go to dinner, is it always feel, like, a little bit like that? It really depends where you go. You know, there are definitely the, like, more touristy restaurants that are, like, really geared towards that. Then there's, like, I was telling, I was trying to sell Jonah when he was coming here on this place in my town. It's like a tiny little lobster restaurant, like on a dock, and you can just like kayak up and get a lobster roll and kayak away. So that's sort of like in the middle between like tourist and local. And then if you're really a local, like my neighbors have like their lobster guy, they have a guy who is a lobster man that they just like cut out the middleman and get lobster direct from somebody whose business it is to catch lobster. That's the way to do it, I think, right? I mean, that's the way to do it if you can, like, handle making the lobster, which is not something I want to get involved in personally. Yeah, totally. Now, speaking of food, I'm such a big fan of yours, Jenny. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I know where this path leads. One time I was sitting in my apartment in New York and I'm watching TV And I see a Philadelphia cream cheese commercial and there's a song playing in the background and there's no lyrics or anything. And I go, that's Jenny's song. And I told Jonah, I was like, I think Jenny's song is in a Philadelphia cream cheese commercial. And Jonah has Jenny. And I was correct. How have things been post Philadelphia (laughs) cream cheese and how was that experience? Oh, my God. First of all, it is so like touching to me that you recognized my little song without even a vocal to go on. Thanks. Of course. I love that song. (laughs) I haven't like checked like Philadelphia cream cheese stocks at any point ever in my life and certainly not since those ads ran. They did renew the license on the song for like a couple years in a row. So they must have liked how it was performing, I guess. I hope I did not harm their sales. There's Uh, no way. I wonder, like, so do you have this song already or do you have like an agent or someone that's like, Philadelphia Cream Cheese, they need a song. Like they want it to sound like this and here's some adjectives and like you're going to. In this instance, it was a song that already existed. Okay. And I was like working with somebody whose whole, you know, realm is pitching music to ad companies and television shows and films and whatnot. So she got a brief from Philly Cream Cheese and it probably had a bunch of adjectives in it. And she was like, oh, I have something for this. And then just like sent my song and then, you know, however many rounds or however long it took, they ended up approving it and going for it. But I do also do a lot of sync writing where there'll be a brief that we write specifically to. But it's like, I don't know. I always find it very tricky because like people who don't make music have different ways of talking about music than people who do make music. So you kind of have to like translate and like guess and like they'll have a specific scene. I actually just did this like this week. There's like a specific scene that they want a specific kind of song for, but they like won't tell you very much about like what's actually happening. They try to sort of like tell you everything except what you need to know it kind of feels like so it's always like a weird little you know it's just like I guess for my show like the composers always have to deal with this where we're like me and the other two creators are always like we want a song like we think it should kind of sound like this and like we can tell we make no sense because we're not music people (laughs) and they're always like okay and then we're like uh more of this thing less of this thing they're like okay (laughs) you guys are insane (laughs) and we're always like yeah sorry this is you have to work with us sorry to do this in this seemingly public format but your show rocks i love it 
so much. I had such a blast watching it and everybody's so amazing and so funny and so great and like way to go. And also, so Anna Warrenker scored the first yes, season, yeah. right? Are you continuing to work with her? We have to wait and get a second season still. Oh, I just assume that her. they've renewed you for 10 seasons because I love it so much. <laughs> Thanks so much. Anna freaking rocks. I don't know her personally, but I loved that dog growing up and still love that dog. And she co-produced one of my wife Jess's records with her husband, Steve. I'm such a big fan. And I'm also like way into Yellow Jackets and the, the scoring work that she did for that show. Uh, yeah, I just when I saw her name come up in the credits for your show, I was like, yeah. <laughs> this rocks everything it's way to go sorry thanks so much jenny i'm it's so nice that you watch the show and everybody should and yeah. i'm so glad that you like it so much and yeah i love anna she's so great and check out yellow jackets too everybody subscribe to showtime i think that was also <laughs> scored by craig wedring yes who his aunt worked with our mom at the jewish community center wait in cleveland what <laughs> We should have Craig on the podcast. It's not for his sure. real Dude. aunt. He's like best friends with David Wayne and they call her Aunt Carol. Oh, I thought it was really his aunt. Oh, wait. It really is Craig's aunt. You're right. It's really not yeah. David Wayne's aunt. Okay. Wow. I thought you were going to be like Craig Wedron from, you know, Shudder to Think, but you're like Craig Wedron from the Jewish Community Center. From the Jewish Community No, it was like growing up, <laughs> my mom was always like, I work with this woman and her nephew's in a band. And I was like, uh huh. Like, I'm sure it's like some <laughs> dumb band. I'm not going to like, I was like this punk kid. And then later I found out I was like, this band on Discord. It was Shudder to think. I was like, oh, this is actually like a really like cool, incredible band. And I totally discounted it my whole teenage life. <laughs> well, that's what you're supposed to do when you're a teen. Yes. And so, Jenny, you lived in New York. I did. You lived in South Brooklyn. And that's where we all met, I think. And then you moved to L.A. And now you live in Maine. And oh, yeah, I lived in New York for a long time now. You know, me and my wife live in a kind of rural area, in Western Massachusetts. How do you like? And also, I lived going- in New York and now I live in L.A. Go ahead. That's true. <laughs> So <laughs> Vanessa's next move is probably going to be somewhere very rural like us. Maine or yes. Massachusetts. Yes. Maine or Massachusetts. We're just in the middle and we can meet at your house. I will get somewhere right in the middle. <laughs> yes, yes, But yes. Jenny, what do you think about living somewhere that is in a city? How do you like it? Because I think it's awesome. I love it so much. I grew up in a part of New Jersey that is very unsung and very beautiful and mostly woods. And then I lived in Brooklyn for 10 years and then I lived in L.A. for five years. And it was good to be in those places for those amounts of time. But being like surrounded by trees and like five minutes from the ocean definitely feels like a more human way to exist. It makes me very happy to be here. It makes my dog very happy to go swim in the ocean and stuff like it just is great. I highly recommend flee from your cities, dear listener, return to the trees. You will have a blast. This is like my imagination of like what your life's like. Like you're sitting at home in Maine, you're Mm. eating, I don't know, like a some kind of lobster thing and then they're, just calling, they're like okay Pitbull's on the phone and he wants to do this song and he's in Miami you gotta take the like a helicopter to Miami and like meet up <laughs> a helicopter all the way to Miami <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is my mind and it's like you gotta meet at like at a club like he's at the club and you gotta like go in and like you know mm. I don't know have like a fluorescent purple drink and talk to him about <laughs> I don't know he's like Jenny I got an idea for a new song I wanted to have heart and soul but I also wanted to be, you know, cool enough for the kids. So, like, maybe we collaborate on something. I'm thinking uh, it's got to have, you know, a cool beat, but also it's <laughs> maybe it has some kind of bridge, you know, where we talk about, you know, what the kids like. Like, the, it's <laughs> just <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, I don't want to disappoint anybody, but would it alarm you to learn that I've never even been in the same room as Pitbull? What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I happens to be doing some work. I've worked a bunch with some close collaborators of the guy who was producing some Pitbull stuff at the time. And, you know, me and one of those guys wrote a hook that then kind of like got pulled in to the realm and then like, you know, Pitbull like added his verses and then like Robin Thicke ended up singing the hook and then he brought in Joe Perry and Travis Barker to play guitar and drums on it. And I've never met any of the famous people that I just listed. I've only met the songwriters that I collaborated with on the song. Sorry to disappoint. I want nothing more <laughs> than to shake Pitbull's hand and to look into his eyes because uh, I do think he is like a magical being that I really do find very entrancing. And I do picture him arriving most places in a helicopter for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you think of Vanessa's impression? Do you think that would be accurate? You know... <laughs> No, actually, you don't have to answer that because I feel like we want you to have more songwriting opportunities. I feel like we don't want to blow your career here. Vanessa, you might want to just include words like Dale. That's like... What is uh, the word? Dale. I believe it means let's go. Let me try again. Any other words? (laughs) Oh, refer to yourself in third person as Mr. Worldwide. That's also very good. (laughs) Here it goes. Mr. Worldwide is happy to see you. Now, Dale, to the next song that we're going to create. It's got to be cool for kids, teens, and adults. So nothing too extreme, but also really good to listen to. I'm Pitbull, and I'm Mr. Worldwide. And on that, I think we should... Oh, go ahead, Jenny. I was going to take a commercial break, but I want to hear your reaction. (laughs) In your reality, it sounds like Pitbull is like slicing salami at a deli in Brooklyn, (laughs) which I celebrate and love. Carry on. It also sort of sounds like he doesn't know... Like what music is like, (laughs) like it's like appeal to kids and adults and and teens. But I don't know what like in my version, he's like trying to create a song, a specific song for like that is more like family friendly. I think it's time. (laughs) I think the next thing I want to hear from Pitbull is either like something super family friendly or like a very tender, earnest, romantic love ballad. Exactly. And he goes and we're here with Alan Thicke's son (laughs) and Alan Thicke. Rest in peace. Okay, should we go to commercial break? (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be back with Jenny O'Young's after this break. (laughs) Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, and we're back. So, Jenny. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. So, we asked you for some topics today, and you came with a topic we've never discussed in this podcast. We are very excited about, and it is yes. Xena Warrior Princess. Yes. And can you just jump right into it? Like, why did you pick that? What's your relationship like with Xena? Why is this kind of an important nostalgic topic for you? Yes. Okay. Great. When I was a kid, I loved reading Greek mythology because I was like very cool and popular. <laughs> and when Hercules, the legendary journeys became a television show, I was so stoked. <laughs> I watched it all the time, whenever I could, whatever. And then, are you kidding me? They spun off a little show about a tall, powerful brunette woman with the most piercing blue eyes you've ever seen in your life and secretly a heart of gold on an epic quest for redemption. And she's got a little blonde sidekick and they do loads of like fighty fight stuff and the gods are involved because gods love to meddle in the affairs of mortals, of course. Uh, There's a lot of like really cool like wire foo fight choreography and Bruce Campbell was around like it just had everything and then the cherry on top of that is that it got pretty gay which I didn't know at the time like why that was important to me but I was like this show is very important and I must watch it I love the beautiful friendship between these two women (laughs) they're such good friends and I love that for some reason I was scared to pitch this topic because I didn't know if anybody would want to talk about it but 
Did you guys watch Xena Warrior Princess? We did watch it for sure. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know if we specifically sought it out, but I feel like mm-hmm. if it was on, if I'm flipping the channels and it's on, we're watching it. I don't know, Vanessa, what's your memory? Yeah, that's the same thing is like if it was on, I would watch it. I didn't watch it enough to like follow like the overall like journey of Xena, but I always thought it was like really fun to watch. And we were doing some research on it. It was filmed in New Zealand, just FYI. Mm-hmm. We looked this up. This was so hard for me to understand. It was first run syndicate from when it started. So it was like always syndicated, which doesn't really matter. I mean, it was, who cares about that? Vanessa and I had a very long and boring conversation about this. I didn't know that things could be shown for the first time syndicated, but I guess they can. It was just like sold to whoever wanted it. It aired from September 4th, 1995 to June 18th, 2001. And like you said, it was a spinoff of Hercules. And then it was like immediately a lot more successful than Hercules, which is also... Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Eat that, Kevin Sorbo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and there was a lot about this relationship between Princess Gabriel and Xena, which I wasn't really aware of until I started researching it, but that's something you kind of picked up on, I guess, originally. Yeah, well, when I watched it, when it was like airing, I was just like, they're best friends. They're best friends. But then there's an episode where like, oh God, I think... I think Xena has kind of like died or something, but she hasn't quite crossed over into, you know, the spirit realm. And she possesses the body of Autolycus, played by Bruce Campbell. And there is a moment where like Autolycus slash, well, Xena's having a conversation with Gabrielle through Autolycus. And they're like talking and it's really like intense and emotional. And then they like lean in, but then like kind of the cut goes to like Autolycus and Gabrielle, like Bruce Campbell and Gabrielle are are kissing. But you're like, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's when I was like, hang on a second. There might be something funny going on with these gals. But (laughs) rewatching as an adult now, I'm like from episode one. I'm like, these women are in love. And every time one of them has a boyfriend of the week, the other one is like so like mad about it. (laughs) It does not feel like subtext. It feels definitely a lot more like text. Wow. When is the last time you rewatched it? So I've never actually seen the last couple of seasons. And my wife and I have been doing a rewatch, which started out, we were like really ripping through it, but we started it probably in like 2019. Okay. And we have like really stalled out in the last couple of seasons. We're like maybe like an episode every month or two because like, there's sort of like the guys who make the show and I think Lucy Lawless as well like really love like Three Stooges and like slapstick but they also love to write these like incredibly intense storylines that are just like so much and they just kind of as the show goes on they start like ping-ponging more and more between those two extremes so it's kind of like hard to get a binge rhythm going but I guess my answer the short answer to your question is I'm in the middle of one right now okay Got it. And then I wanted to ask you, I was kind of researching to see if you had spoken about this before Mm. and I couldn't find much, but I did find a Twitter conversation where you reference season three, episode one, the furries to someone and oh, the furies, the furies. Sorry, the furries. I thought they were like some kind of weird (laughs) character or something. The furries is a whole other episode. (laughs) What is the season three, episode one, the furies about? Why is this an important episode? That is such a great question. (laughs) Let's find out together because (laughs) you said something like this is not a good episode to start with there was some kind of relevance to this oh it's because okay i know what happened because it's extremely slapsticky and jess and i we had just gotten to season three in our rewatch and our friend alex Leahy, who is an awesome musician from australia was in town and we had written together and then we were like oh let's get dinner and then she'd never seen 
Xeno warrior princess and we were like oh do you want to just jump in and like watch this episode with us and she was like yeah I'll see what's going on and we watched it and it was very heavy on the slapstick and we were just looking at each other and then when we got to the end of the episode and we were like Alex we've made a terrible mistake this was certainly not the way to get you into the show we're so sorry so that's not the episode would you recommend people just start at the beginning or what's oh, your yeah. technique I would yeah. recommend starting at the beginning it is like a fairly I mean I think this is kind of the era of television where serialization, right, like started to become more of a thing. And while a lot of the episodes function very standalone, there is kind of a through line. There's like growth and development. And I would, yeah, I would recommend starting from the top. You know what I think always sort of made me not pay as close of attention to the show, if I'm being honest, as we're talking about Mm. it. It had like a syndicated look to it. It Mm. always seemed like, and again, Jonah and I have (laughs) looked this up and it took me like (laughs) such a long time to understand this, but I guess syndicated just means it's not made for one specific network. It's just like sold to some network. And so it was like, you know, again, filmed in New Zealand and then it was sold to, I don't know actually where it aired. It aired on, do you remember what it aired on? But it always had like this look of not being like, I feel like non-syndicated shows, or maybe there's just like a feel to them, but they're filmed the same way. I don't know why, but it always felt like it was a repeat or something. I don't know why. Yeah. Vanessa's a real purist where she's like, if this is not being like filmed for a specific network, I just cannot get into this I show. I can't get into it. But there's just something about it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm guessing if you, I don't know, you would probably know a lot more about this than me, but I'm guessing if you're like, a production company making a show and then trying to sell it or license it to somebody to air it, that the episodic budget would probably be lower than a network just like paying for a whole season of TV outright. Does that seem right? Maybe. And maybe you're also trying to appeal to like a lot of different markets, like a lot of different countries. I'm making all of this up, by the way, but like, and <laughs> therefore, like your style isn't quite as like, it doesn't feel like any one country's like general, <laughs> you know? Not to be nationalist. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's not a great term <laughs> these <not>. days. <laughs> but I always liked it in the way that like, it always felt kind of like magical, like the way that like when Jem was on, like where you would just be like, oh, there's like a superhero woman kind of show on and I never know what time it's on <laughs> or like. <when> it's, on. <laughs> it's two defining qualities, superhero, female and who knows when. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jenny, I'm curious. Like, So you do a podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You do one sure, about sure. Veronica Mars. Like, where does Xena fit into like your pantheon of like important pop culture TV shows from that era? I think that Xena is pretty important in a lot of ways, other than just like I had a blast watching it growing up and it was like really cool to see Lucy Lawless kicking a bunch of ass and then maybe kissing a girl. <laughs> Those things were cool. But another reason that it's like really important to me is it kind of is the proto Buffy. Like there are a lot of things that I think may have been lifted or may have inspired certain things that happen in Buffy. There's a podcast called Xeno Warrior Podcast that I love and they have like a slogan that's like Xena did it first and they love to cite things that happened on the show before they happened on, say, Buffy or in other, you know, popular shows and films and there you know there are a lot of things there are a lot of things that happen in Xena before they happen on Buffy so thank you (laughs) Xena is there an example of something that like felt like a thing that had been cop like that you can think of off the oh my god yes I have the perfect thing oh (laughs) my god okay buckle up okay one of my favorite things about Xena so there's a woman named Callisto who shows up and the way that she's introduced she's this like beautiful blonde 
kind of like powerful, incredible warrior. And the way that she's introduced is she's sacking a village, burning it to the ground. And then she's telling everyone that her name is Xena. And it's important for you to know, perhaps, that prior to the beginning of Xena, the series, Xena was a warlord. But with the beginning of the series, she's on a quest for redemption. She wants to do good and she wants to, you know, be a champion for a little guy and do the right thing and and be a hero, essentially. So Callisto roaming the countryside and besmirching Xena's now good name is like, wait, what? And, okay, get a load of this. She's basically wearing armor that is styled the exact same way as Xena's, except Xena's armor is brown with bronze highlights and Callisto's is black with silver. Xena is, of course, brunette and Callisto is blonde. And what you come to find out over the course of Callisto's first arc is that she was a little girl when Xena's army destroyed her village, killed her parents and her family, and she was left all... She was orphaned and she basically was like... She made a vow. She was like, I'm going to become a warrior and I'm going to destroy this woman. But what I guess is kind of a trope that always feels really satisfying to me, by the time Callisto is able to try to take her vengeance, she's trying to take vengeance on a person that doesn't exist anymore because Xena is no longer a warlord and is no longer evil. Okay. I know I'm like, I'm really taking you on a thing here. Okay. (laughs) Callisto like comes and goes on the show a number of times. And one of the things that she does is she orchestrates a body swap where she... Because you know, like Kalisto is inside Xena's body and Xena is put inside Kalisto's body and, you know, hijinks ensue, as you might imagine. OK, now let's hop to the side and think about Buffy, the vampire slayer, petite blonde protagonist. We know her. We love her. Season three of Buffy. Who should roll up? But a bad girl from Boston portrayed by Eliza Dushku. It's Faith, also a vampire slayer, notably brunette they start out as friends and then they become kind of enemies and then they become frenemies they have like a complicated relationship but one of the things that faith does as like kind of the when she goes like full dark faith does a little body swap with her blonde counterpart very like really 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 echoing what happens between Dina and Callisto. so that's like the most, I guess, my favorite example. I don't want anybody to undo anything. I'm glad both things exist. But like, that's the clearest thing I can think of. That's like, oh, this feels like an echo. This feels like people making this show were really inspired by people making this other show. Thank you for listening. <laughs> no, and that means a lot knowing that you're such a huge Buffy fan that you're like, I love Buffy and I'm glad this happened, but it definitely feels like it was taken from Xena. Yeah, yeah. So he's talking about the Xena Buffy collection. I mean, what else, you know, Jenny Owen Young's little kid version sitting in front of the TV. What else can you tell us about her? Oh, well, I think like the other thing that like was a big part of my childhood viewing habits and that I still think rocks today would be the X-Files. Maybe you've heard of it. The two hottest people in the entire 90s together on one show trying to solve alien mysteries and having the most electric sexual tension between them while also having just like the sweetest, most supportive, beautiful friendship at the same time. I don't know how they did it all in one show, but they did. (laughs) I love calling them the two hottest people in the entire 90s. <laughs> Name a hotter two people, Vanessa. You can't do it. Your 90s. I can't. And you can't even like, it's like you look from one to the other and you're like, she's hotter than him. No, wait. <laughs> He's hotter than her. Wait. 
No. They're just both so excruciatingly hot. (laughs) Now, aside from having X in both of the titles of their names, do you think that the X-Files took anything from Xena? (laughs) Wow. What a great question. I feel like I'm so scared that I'm like neglecting to think of something because I believe X-Files started a couple of years before Xena. So I could see Xena maybe doing because there is one episode of Xena where they specifically reference Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They like refer to like a play being put on in a theater as being called like Buffus the Bacchae Slayer because like Bacchae are sort of like. Do you think in that they're referring to the movie? Mm. Was Buffy the Vampire Slayer the show out yet? It was by the time that episode aired, the show was running. So they were probably referring to the show and the show was like a much bigger hit than the movie, which was, I think, kind of considered a bit of a flop. I don't remember the movie. I remember seeing it. I remember it. It was with the blonde woman. It's Christy Swanson, Luke Perry, David Arquette, that guy who's a Sutherland, Donald Sutherland. Wow. Oh, Hilary Swank is in it. Yeah, Hilary Swank. I bet you saw it. It was pretty, well, maybe it was a flop, but I think like we saw it. (laughs) It sounds vaguely familiar now. I think it did poorly in theaters and then had like more of a life in like video rental realm. Kids, video rentals were when you would go to a store that was like (laughs) Netflix made flesh. You guys did an episode on video rental places? Am I thinking? I think we did. Okay, cool. So you've already educated the masses. Never mind. Ignore what I just said. (laughs) No, I mean, that's such an important part of like talking about any media from the 90s, I feel like. So, but not a ton of crossover between the X-Files and Xenab. Not that comes to mind. Other than just sort of like they both have a sort of they're both genre shows. So they have like in X-Files, like more of a mm, more of a sci-fi, but also kind of a fantastical thing going on. And then obviously Xena is like, you know, happening in, in tandem with like Greek gods and Cyclopses and whatnot. Jenny, can I say that you're kind of like a TV scholar, I think. <laughs> These are Don't you think, Vanessa? Three things I can talk about. My lane is very narrow. Yeah, you really are like a TV scholar, or how Pitbull would say it. Hey, Jenny. You watch so much TV. You're so good at recalling all the themes and ideas in every single show. I love hearing you talk about TV. And with that, thank you, Pippa. I think we're going to take another commercial break. And we'll be right back with Jenny. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, (laughs) and we are back. So now, Jenny, we are going to play a little game. I don't know if you've heard us do this one before. This is a super popular segment. Some would say it's gone viral. Um, (laughs) It is called (laughs) change.dork. Change.dork? Yes. It's otherwise known as we sort of making fun of people who don't know how to use change.org. In this game, we bring up three different nostalgic things that people are trying to bring back on change.org, and we each vote for our favorite. And this is going to be an all-snack edition. One of these snacks actually did come back. (gasps) And at the end, we're going to ask you if you can guess which one it is. Okay, amazing. I'm so pumped. Also, I want to say real quick, someone emailed me and said that change.org is actually like not really a nonprofit site. It's like a corporately owned income generating site. Classic. I don't know if this is true. It could be true. I don't know. Putting that info out there. You know, you can do your own research. But thank you for the message. Anyways, our first one today is a petition. It is called Bring back McDonald's snack wraps. COVID has taken away a lot of things we love due to social distancing, but why take our snack wraps? McDonald's snack wraps are easily the best thing on their menu next to the fries. That's a whole different debate. Honestly, the longer COVID goes on, the more bring back snack wraps posts I have seen. So why not bring them back? You know, this goes on and on. They give three different reasons why (laughs) they say it's relatively healthy, which I don't know if that's really true. It's the only food on the McDonald's menu that isn't hot. I'm not sure Um, if that's like a real selling point, but... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. And the ease of consumption. Let's be real. Most Americans are on the go, go, go. And the ease of being able to eat a snack wrap with one hand driving down the road was so nice. Okay. This actually is much longer. Um, It's just, you know, we can't have too long of a podcast here. (laughs) This has... 14,851 signatures. They're trying to get to 15,000. So it is incredibly close. Yes. Wow. And this petition is directed towards McDonald's, fast food, and 
This guy named Chris Kempenzi. So I don't know. He must have some influence in the snack wrap community. Mm-hmm. Maybe perhaps a snack wrap influencer. <laughs> so Jenny, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on bringing back McDonald's snack wraps? Have you ever had one? Do you think they should come back? What's going on with you in the snack wrap community? I've never had a snack wrap. Okay. But 14,000 something signatures. That's like, I mean, think of all the people who don't even know this petition exists who would like the snack wrap to come back. It seems like the people have spoken. And I do hate when restaurants like McDonald's (laughs) take off beloved items. It just seems like cruel and unusual. It sounds like the snack wrap has a lot of devoted followers. And, you know, I hope the best for them. I hope they get what they want. Yeah. And it does. It does. I mean, Not even six months later, they hit 2,500 signatures. Someone left a comment saying, it's the only thing I ate at McDonald's. Another comment says, God, please, I could eat 30 of these. Please bring them back. 30 at once? (laughs) I guess so. And I guess you could eat 30 while you're driving because you can do a one-handed snack wrap maneuver. Vanessa, what are your thoughts on the snack wrap? Well, I wanted to know more about the snack wrap, so I read this petition a little closer. And it looks like this person saying, snack wraps have the perfect balance of cool to make a summer day even better. The room temperature tortilla, cold cheese and lettuce with the cool, refreshing ranch was enough to make anyone go from midsummer day cranky to I can tolerate the heat because I have a snack wrap. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like how this person worded it. Also relatively healthy. They say it has 260 to 270 calories per wrap and it's pretty filling. I understand this. I feel like the thing that this person doesn't make clear is whether it's vegetarian. It sounds like it is. They didn't mention if there's meat in it or not, but I think it's a good option living in LA. I mean, I don't know how, and it does seem like easy to eat on the go. So I understand why this person would be upset that snack wraps are gone. And I hear their point. We always kind of also like sometimes take issue with like sort of the personalities of these people because they (laughs) tend to like really be pretty dramatic and this person's no exception. But look, they feel strongly about this and I don't necessarily blame them. Jonah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I've never heard of the snack wrap. I've never had a snack wrap. I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like 260 calories are different than like 260 McDonald's calories. To me, like the calories are just like more (laughs) evil and like have some kind of like, (laughs) I don't know. To me, like I don't trust any fast food place that says like this is a healthy thing. I think it's all marketing. I also don't know like how refreshing on a hot day eating like a wrap from McDonald's with cold cheeses. Maybe it is for some people. I don't know. I mean, I think the petition that look, this person put a lot of time into it. They obviously know how to get the word out. I mean, yeah. Almost 15,000 signatures. That is incredibly impressive. And by the way, there were more petitions for this item. So we just picked one of the petitions. So I don't know. We'll see at the end if this is, you know, the item that came back. You know, this person's passionate about it. I've never tried one. It doesn't sound that great to me. But, you know, for a lot of people, this seems like a very important menu item. Yeah. Vanessa, do you want to introduce our next? Yeah, our next one. Okay. So our next one is bring back Fruit Loop cereal straws. Fruit Loop cereal straws were discontinued in 2009. People around the world seem to be nostalgic for this delicious treat from our childhood. Seem to be. This person's not being very convincing. <laughs> um, bringing back Fruit Loop cereal straws would bring joy to my generation and generations to come. That's it. And that's all they wrote, which I guess short and sweet. Now, I will say, mm-hmm. Hannah, this woman started this petition to Kellogg's. It's got a lot of signatures. 
lot it's got of people. 82,393 <laughs> signatures. They're trying to get to 150,000. At 150,000, this petition becomes one of the top signed on change.org. Now that's kind of double what they have now. But. <laughs> and the box says fruity crunching tubes for milk sipping fun. Essentially, it's a straw. I'm trying to figure out how you eat it. You put it in milk and then you suck through it and then you get like Fruit Loops flavored milk, I think. I think. This person made an update and said, when I was a kid, most of my Saturday mornings consisted of sitting on the couch, watching cartoons and snacking on Fruit Loops cereal straws. Oh, so you eat the straw. I'm unclear if you use it as a straw or if it's just a straw shaped snack. Okay. What I kind of liken it to is like, you know how sometimes people use Twizzlers as straws? Right. Mm -hmm. It's like that, except it's meant to be a straw. It seems like it's kind of like Fruit Loops cereal, but in the form of a straw and you kind of use it as a straw to drink milk, like cereal, like you'd put cereal in milk and then you just eat the straw. Not necessarily in that order. Yeah. Jenny, what are your thoughts on the Kellogg cereal straws? Have you had one? Do you think they should come back? What is going on? I've Never had one. Okay. I think like the flavor palette of Fruit Loops is just like not something that's ever appealed to me cereal wise. It's just like fruity cereal is not for me. I'm with you 100% on that. And I love cereal. Right? <laughs> like it just doesn't seem right. That said, 82,000 signatures, did you say? Yeah. That's so many. That's so many more than I thought. Damn, this the last episode of yours that I listened to, I feel like the petitions had like very, very low. People are rates. so much more passionate about snacks. The snack petitions really catch on, I guess. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, I was not prepared for the passion that the public would feel. I think change.org is like the place people go where they're like, oh, I miss this snack. Like, how can I get it back? Like, because I think it's wor- like it worked with, with Taco Bell. Like, I think it's worked a few times. So I think this yeah. is like the go to place, even though, again, I'm not sure this was the original intention of the site. So that sounds like something you've never Try not exactly your thing. I mean, I picture kids like drinking a big Coke through their Fruit Loop straw and it just being this really sweet, like sugary, artificial fruit taste does not sound super great to me either. Like, I don't picture drinking like a coconut water out of this thing. It's interesting. None of us remember it. Are we a little too old or a little too? I don't have no recollection of these. We also weren't a Fruit Loops fan. But they were not. I don't think they were making straws out of cereal when we were in the cereal market. No. But do you think there's like a bar like in Williamsburg now that has like some kind of like cocktail with like a Fruit Loop straw and the, you know, for there probably is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Have either of you ever done a Tim Tam Slam? No, I don't know what that is. It maybe is like the virtuous good version of a Fruit Loop straw. They are, I think, Australian cookies that are sort of like layers of wafer and then there's chocolate in between the wafers. So like, yeah, kind of like a multi-tiered sort of Kit Kat. They come in like probably multiple flavors, but there's like definitely regular chocolate and then like a mint chocolate thing. And a Tim Tam Slam is when you like bite off the end. So you have like wafer exposure and you drink hot tea through the Tim Tam and it like kind of melts the chocolate as you go. And that I would say rocks and is a great food straw would recommend i didn't know it was called that i think i've had that cookie before and i would love to have it with tea that's such a good idea it's like have you ever had those like sometimes they like sell like spoons that have like chocolate on them and you're supposed to like 
drink. Like <laughs> you're supposed to like have tea on like any kind of thing like that where you're like sneaking in <laughs> some candy or cookies on it on every bite. You're great. Fruit Loops. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. Where do you go where you get spoons where there's just chocolate on them? Yeah, I want to know more. <laughs> Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to a place, when you deliberately seek out this product upon the internet. They have them everywhere. I feel like a lot of coffee shops will sell them because it's like they just dip that spoon in some white chocolate and some sprinkles or something like that. And then they sell that spoon for five bucks. Or as Pitbull would say, <laughs> making money where I can, when I can, uh, honey. He's always <laughs> saying that. <laughs> so, yeah, Jonah, this, the, what's your opinion? These Fruit Loop straws, yeah, they sound truly disgusting to me. This is not appeal to me. I, do, I don't remember these. I don't feel the need for them in my life. And um, yeah, that's my take. Jonah, do you want to read this last one? Okay, so our final one is called Bring Back PB&J Oatmeal Pies. I believe this is directed towards Little Debbie. And it says, recently my sister sent me a Snapchat reminding me of a snack cake my family and I once had an immense love for. It was a Little Debbie snack cake and oatmeal pie specifically. But it wasn't just any oatmeal pie. It was a PB&J oatmeal pie. What was once our favorite snack cake has disappeared. I spent countless hours trying to find a store in another state who might have some in stock. I've checked eBay, Amazon, other online stores. Then goes on and then wraps it up. He says, no shade to zebra cake, star crunch, or raisin cream pies. But who really purchases those and eats those? My family and I <laughs> would just Shots love fired. to go in some PB&J oatmeal pies. So yeah, so this has 5,364 signatures trying to get to 7,500. And yeah. I find it so funny that this person is like zebra cake, star crunch, raisin cream pies. Those sound disgusting. But peanut butter and jelly oatmeal pies. Those are amazing. Like, aren't those all like basically just the same thing? I don't know. Well, also, I find it funny that this person's like, I looked everywhere for these, even if they would sell them at like a really high price. It's like they don't last forever. They're like food. They're not like I could see if it was like a hard candy or something that lasts for like decades. But it's like. Where were you going to buy? That's not how food works. Like, like if they stop <laughs> producing it, you can't like keep look like they don't make like a certain amount for like an elite group of people. Like you'd be buying them from the 90s. Like they'd be disgusting by now. Like this guy's quest for them is so weird. Like it's just so weird that he's like, I'd be willing to pay a premium for them. It's like what it would make you sick. <laughs> Sorry, that really struck me about this. I bet you they have a pretty long shelf life. But yeah, I think once Mm, you hit like mm -hmm. a decade or two, you're getting into, I don't know, the jelly. Yeah, Yeah. it's a dangerous territory. It's probably not the best. I bet you the cookie part is still pretty soft because it's probably so processed. But Jenny, what are your thoughts on bringing back the (laughs) PB&J? No, no. Listen, I celebrate Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies. In fact... We never had them at my mom's house when I was growing up, but my dad's house always had a stock of them. And that's where I primarily watched Xena Warrior Princess, often while eating an oatmeal cream pie. Wow. Name a greater like multi-sensory experience. But peanut butter, you would sully those perfect <laughs> cookies by putting peanut butter and jelly in between them. My good sir, that's that's simply incorrect. I object. I can't stand idly by. Okay. While somebody tries to say that that's good. Strong opinions from Jenny. Vanessa, what are your thoughts on on this petition? I'm really hung up on this shelf life thing with this guy. Like I just, because then someone else left a comment who said, PB&J oatmeal pies were hands down the greatest snack on the planet. At least bring them back for a limited time. Listen to this. Just follow this person's logic. At least bring them back for a limited time. 
so I can stock up on enough to let my grandchildren and and great-grandchildren try them someday. It's like, again, guys, shelf life. You don't want to poison your great-grandchildren these pies that you're buying now. Like, it's like they're treating them like they're like comic books. It's like you can't. You can't. Like, like you, every time they move, they're bringing these cases. These like no, 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 no. And like in forty years, like my great grandkids, they're gonna really appreciate this. It's like okay, no, it's like no, if no, your no. grandparent or your great grandparent was like, I took these from you from, <laughs> I bought these for you sixty years ago. Like you should eat them. I'd be like, hey, grandpa, you really are losing your mind. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it's like those were those original commercials. Do you remember those when we were growing up where it's always kind of like an older person introducing a little kid to where the originals? Mm-hmm. The person wasn't like, I bought these when I was a kid. Yeah. They were like, I bought these like this week at the store. They're like, they've been making these, like they've been making fresh ones since I was a kid. Like these are new, but like I also ate them when I was a kid. They're not like, I saved these from when I was like 10 years old and I'm giving them to you now. So if you have no. any like health issues, like if you have any like issues, like don't come to me. It's like also here's some gum from like a baseball card from the 50s. Yeah. It's so crazy that this, the initial person was like, I just want to find some kind of like specialty retailer who can sell me a snack from 30 years ago so I can eat it and get completely sick. Logics aside of this person and the person who commented and said they want to give it to their great grandkids. I don't remember the PB&J oatmeal pies, but I have to think if they're still making little Debbie oatmeal pies, which are they? Do they still make? Yes, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Those are out in the wild. I would say like, I don't know. I just think there's probably a reason they stopped making them. And that reason is probably that nobody wanted to buy them, but people were (laughs) buying the regular ones. I just feel like this person needs to just like buy the regular oatmeal pies. And also, if you're so like stuck on this, then maybe just put some PB&J in some little Debbie's cookies and make your own. Like, it feels like peanut butter and jelly are pretty easy to come by. And this doesn't feel like a super complex (laughs) recipe. Like, if you can get little Debbie's cookies or even the oatmeal pies, like, and just take out the filling and put in your own, like, pretty simple. So I don't really have a lot of empathy for this person. Yeah, I'm with Vanessa. I mean, I think... Probably also, like, keep in mind, like, this peanut butter and jelly probably had, like, no fruit, no actual peanuts in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's probably all chemicals. I actually like peanut butter and jelly as a combo, obviously. I like it as a sandwich. I I don't need it in a cream pie. I actually think, though, the raisin cream pie actually sounds more disgusting to me. I'm with him on that. But I was always a huge Zebra Cakes fan. And I sort of take offense (laughs) at the fact that this person is kind of throwing Zebra Cakes under the bus. Because I used to really have a lot of those in my fifth and sixth grade. And Vanessa, you might remember this at Brady Middle School. I think they had to get rid of the snack bar because so many kids were like stealing zebra cakes. <laughs> You've mentioned wow. this before. I think I mentioned that. Yeah. And I think that was like a hot item where like kids were like, I don't really, I'm just learning how money works, but like this is a zebra cake. So I'm just going to. You were maybe <laughs> one of those kids because you guys were like, not to accuse you of stealing zebra cakes, but. <laughs> I don't know. It was a long time ago. I can't say either way what happened. But yeah, to me, these PB&J oatmeal pies. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we need them. I appreciate this person's passion. But yeah, if you really want them so bad, I think you can make them on your own. And, Mm. you know, imagine what your great grandchildren, like the world they will live in, all of the things they will experience. You know, they'll have like crazy virtual reality. They'll have like, you know, all of this amazing technology at their fingertips. Like, can you imagine being like, you got to try this oatmeal cream pie full of like sugar and chemicals, but it's peanut butter jelly (laughs) in it. Like they're going to be like, 
All right, Grandpa, like, whatever. Also, it's 40 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There'll probably just be a simulator by then where you can, like, taste any food of the past. Yeah. Exactly. In your mind. Exactly. And, yeah, and these cream pie will probably be, like, a pile of dust or something. Yeah. So, all right. So, Jenny, here's a moment of truth just to sort of recap. We had the McDonald's snack wraps. We had the Fruit Loop cereal straws. We had the Little Debbie peanut butter and jelly oatmeal pies. One of these has had a successful petition and is actually back in production. Which one do you think it is? I hope that it's the snack wrap because the other two sound gross to me. Okay. Yeah. And Jonah, what would you bring back if you had to choose one? I guess I would go with the snack wrap. Again, for the sort of the same logic as Jenny, the other two just sound completely disgusting. So this is sounds like the most appetizing out of these three. What about you, Vanessa? Snack wrap. It okay. seems like a good option. Okay. The best option of the three. Now, Jenny, are you ready to hear which one actually came back? <sighs> Okay, I'm stealing myself, and yes. So this is from Amazon.com. You spoke, we listened. 12 years after the iconic Kellogg cereal straws were discontinued, you petitioned them to return. Fans around the world were nostalgic for these fruity treats, so they took action. The cereal straws are back. You can get a three-pack of 18 of them. Right now, dunk and eat, play cereal straw milk, sip and enjoy. Snack straws are made to make your milk taste just a little bit sweeter. They say you can give them as gifts for birthdays, holidays, (laughs) or just because. (laughs) I just want to say to any of my friends listening, if you dare give me this for my birthday, (laughs) I'll stop being friends with you. JK, lol. Don't do it. Yeah, great for any occasion. So yeah, what's your reaction? Yeah, I mean. Well, on the one hand, I'm like, yuck. And on the other hand, I'm like, 82,000 signatures on that position alone. I mean, I I guess the people have spoken. Yeah. I know. We were really excited for you to guess, but we also thought it might give it away a little that there were 82,000 <laughs> signatures, but you still, I think, guessed right that it would, you guessed according to what you would want to bring back, which is yes. the way to do yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, just as, as a quick aside, Kellogg's CEO, Steve Calhane, this guy's raising prices left and right. So clearly he just sees a business opportunity. I don't think he really cares about the straws. I think he cares mm. about the bottom line. And I think that's the way Kellogg's has always operated. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, as predicted, a CEO did get burned today. Mm. <laughs> so, so Jenny, where can people learn more about you, your music, your podcast, all of the magnificent stuff you're creating? Oh, wow. Well, people can, you know, gaze upon my face and listen <laughs> to my music and also find my podcast all at my website, which is JennyOwenYoungs.com and, uh, you know, all over all of the social places at Jenny Owen Youngs. Pretty much just my name, my name everywhere. Yes. Love that. And I'm going to right now do our outro as Pitbull. Is that cool with you guys? Please, please do. Because I really want our audience to get sick of this impression. (laughs) And I think I'm going to do it. That was really fun, Jonah. Thanks so much to Jenny for joining us and everyone for listening. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? We'll discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like Xena, Warrior Princess. Thank you, Pitbull. Welcome. (laughs) 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.